can you just do me one more favor? Can you put your hands together one more time for your amazing worship team? These guys are incredible. How you doing, City Campus? You guys good? You're the only campus who didn't get a name change recently. Like you guys are the City Campus, and so to give you another name would be just weird. You're in the city. We, we, uh, we were the East Campus, and now we're called Botany Campus, because uh, then we had the South Campus, and now they're Manurewa, and then we had Franklin, which is now Pukekohe. And because uh, we just we're, like we're dreaming and scheming in our hearts for more and more campuses, and it's just going to become weird when we start having multiple churches out south, and then we have multiple churches in the east. It'll be like east, east, and then there's the south, south, south campus. You know, like it just gets weird. So this is call them what they are. Uh, it's exciting to be here in the city with you guys, and I'm I'm uh, really thrilled. It's been about a year since I've been in here, and. It's great to see you. You've gotten bigger since I was last here, which is very exciting. It's, it's great uh, to see so many faces, so many unfamiliar and familiar faces. You guys are incredible. Did, did you know you're the best looking campus? I don't know if you knew that. I get around a few of them and I can tell you right now, you're the best looking one. Receive that in Jesus' name. You guys got the greatest pastors, I think. Uh, Mike and Liz are great friends of ours and we just love you guys so much and just doing a great job. Mike is in Vietnam right now, he's, he's, he should be on his way home pretty soon, uh, doing incredible stuff over there. Let's get straight into the word, shall we? I'm, I'm continuing on the series that has been going on for the last few weeks uh, called You Asked For It. And so uh, over the last number of weeks we've been attempting to answer questions that have been asked by congregation members. And uh, so if you don't like today's message, it's your own fault. Um, you asked us to do it, so that's what we're doing. The, the, the message I want to preach, or the question I want to ask, answer this morning, or attempt to answer, is the question, why hasn't God answered my prayers? And this is a very powerful question, this is a very real question, I think every one of us has at some point in our life asked this question about a, 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 any prayer that we might have been praying, and what I want to do is, I'm not going to try and answer this question in its entirety, because I feel like that's a tough thing to do, but what I want to do is I want to look down one particular angle and avenue to answer this question or to attempt to answer this question or even just to give you perspective or to make sense of this question in some way. There are multiple avenues you could go down to try and answer this question and I just want to choose one and I want to go down that line and I pray that today you're strengthened, I pray you're encouraged and my prayer today is that in the unanswered prayer that you're praying in the thing that you're facing in the thing that's very difficult for you right now, my my prayer is that you would discover that perhaps that area is the very thing that God wants to use to bring a greater level of His power and His strength in your life than ever before. Is that okay? We're going to go straight to the Word. If you've got your notes open, grab your notes. If you've got a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians. If you don't have either of those, it's okay. It should come up on the screen. If you can't read it, it's too far away. I'm going to read it for you, so we're all going to be sweet. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, I pray this helps you. Uh, so to, this is the Apostle Paul is writing this, okay? So the Apostle Paul, he's writing this, and he says these words. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, I sh that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If you're a note taker this morning uh, and you want to give a subtitle to this message, it does have a bit of a subtitle. 
the subtitle for this message would be There's Purpose in the Thorn. There's Purpose in the Thorn. Um, this is a big area we're going to go into, so I need the help of God in this moment. So let's pray. You can pray with me. Lord, we thank you uh, for this amazing church, this moment we have in time to take a moment, Lord, to explore a difficult question in a difficult area. But I pray in the name of Jesus that your voice would become so clear in this. God, help us in our moments, help us in our, uh, maybe even in our pain today, maybe help us in our discouragement through an unanswered prayer that, to know that you are still God, you are still good, and you're still working. And God, I pray, Lord, use me today to be a vessel for your voice. Lord, I thank you that it's by your grace I stand here today, not by any of my own goodness. So I acknowledge that, and I thank you for it, Lord God. Bless this time we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you've been reading the Bible for any length of time, if you haven't been reading the Bible for any length of time, if you're new here today, uh, we would love to give you a Bible so you can start that journey. That would be amazing. Go see Liz and the team. We'll find you one. We'll steal one from someone who's got one. It'll be fun. Uh, you know, if, you, if you've been reading for any length of time, you'll discover a favorite character in the Bible that you really like. Uh, some of you like Old Testament people. Some of you New Testament people. You, you love like different characters. For me, I love the Apostle Paul. I just think he's amazing. I, I think Paul is the man. And here's the thing you've got to know about the Apostle Paul. He is the man. Like, he is the man. And, and, and in his old life, Paul was the man. And even in his new life with Jesus, Paul was the man. Like, he is just the man. If you don't believe me, just read some of his stuff and read about him. He is incredible, man. Like, he's, he's like a hero to me. Paul is the man. In his old life, let me tell you about his old life. In his old life, he was a Pharisee, uh, which means he was an incredibly strict religious person. And he was like an up-and-comer legend of the Pharisees. Like he was well-respected. He was well thought of. He was so zealous for the things of God, so zealous as a Pharisee that he was spending his time at this point uh, when he comes to know Jesus before that, he's spending his time going around rounding up Christians and putting them in jail and persecuting them and trying to kill them. And He's like, he's out of control. Like he's well thought of, he's well respected in his society. Like he is the man. And then you go to his new life in Jesus and he's the man again. I mean, he meets Jesus in the most radical way possible. He's on his way to go and persecute Christians and kill them and throw them in prison. And then Jesus shows up on the road that he's walking on. It's like a flash of light. He's blind. He can't see anymore. And this voice says to him, why are you persecuting me? He's like, who are you? He says, it's Jesus. And he's like, oh my goodness. And so then he, like, the Lord directs him to go to this place called Ananias' house on Straight Street. How do you know when your path's been a bit crooked, God will make it straight? He goes to Straight Street and he meets this guy Ananias and he prays for him, scales fall off his eyes. From that moment, he's radically changed. He gets a new name. Like, I don't know how great your conversion story is, but it's nothing compared to Paul's. He's the man. Like, you didn't get a new name. I was still Steve. I feel a bit ripped off. He went from Saul, he became Paul. It's incredible. And, and, and so Paul, here's this amazing conversion story, amazing moment where he encounters God. And then he goes from the guy who's trying to kill Christians to the guy who's trying to find Christians and recruit Christians and share the gospel. And he, he's, he goes from this point and he's growing leaders and he's planting churches and he's seeing miracles. In fact, most of your New Testament that's in your Bible is written by Paul. Paul is the man. Are you hearing what I'm saying, people? Paul is not, if, you, if you're here, I just want to check that you've got a pulse. All right. uh, he, he is the man, and here's the problem. Paul knows he's the man. 
Paul knows he's the man. He says in some of his letters, and you can read it in, in the book of First and Second Corinthians, he'll say things like, hey, if anyone could boast, I could boast, but I won't. I love the humanity of it. It's like, hey, if anyone had reason to boast, I could boast. I could boast about this and this, but I won't boast about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't boast. And, and then Paul encounters this thing that he, we read about just then. He, he calls it his thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what it was. The Bible doesn't explain in detail what the thorn was. All it does is Paul mentions it and says he's got it. We don't know what the thorn was, but we do know that it, it caused Paul some degree of discomfort. He didn't like it. it. It was distracting to him. It was something that he wanted gone from his life. We don't know, understand fully what it was, but he wanted it gone. So here's what he does. He prays to God three times that God would take it away. He says, God, take it away. God, take it away. God, take it away. And God doesn't take it away. I don't know how many of you have prayed a prayer like that before. Well, you've been praying, God, deal with this thing. God, take this away. God, 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 do it. And God hasn't answered your prayer along the way. And so there's this interesting thing that Paul does. Paul doesn't just stop there. Paul at least has the wisdom to go a level deeper and ask, why is it still around? Because you see the thing with thorns, and this is my little makeshift thorn bush here. I know it's not that impressive, but... It has little spikes. The thing about thorns is they're not just random occurrences. Thorns on a plant are there for a particular purpose. In fact, thorns on a plant are there to protect the plant. They're there as a defense mechanism for the plant so that that plant will grow and flourish and bear fruit and produce. It is, they're there on the plant for a purpose. In fact, historically, um, thorn bushes and and hedges that have thorns in them were historically planted below windows of houses to prevent burglars getting in through that access way. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so in order to stop something that shouldn't be inside from getting inside and destroying what is on the inside of the house, a thorn bush is placed there as a measure of protection, as a barrier, as a defense mechanism to stop what's trying to get in and destroy from getting in on the inside. Do you hear what I'm saying? The thorn bushes were, and hedges were often used as barriers and protection layers around uh, crops or around livestock, again, to, to stop things that should not be getting in, things that would destroy, things that would stop production, things that would kill, things that are not supposed to get in, they're there to, as a barrier to stop them from getting in on the inside. And so Paul at least has the wisdom to see why the thorn is in his life. And he goes on to explain to us, and he tells us why it's there. He says this, he says, to stop me from becoming conceited. See, you realize Paul knows he's the man. He is the man. And to stop him from becoming conceited, that's why God allowed the thorn to be there. What does conceited mean? I'm glad you asked. It means this, excessively proud of oneself, vain, in love with oneself, self-centered, egotistic, narcissistic, having an overwhelming opinion of oneself, someone who believes they are above or better than everyone else. And so just like a hedge placed as a point of protection below a window, God allows this thorn to be in Paul's life. And it's not there to hurt him. It's not there to harm him. It's actually there to protect him and to stop what was trying to get in on the inside, this, this egotistic, narcissistic, proud mentality. It's to stop that from taking root and getting in on the inside of Paul. It's because if that gets in on the inside of Paul, you know what? It's gonna destroy Paul's death 
destiny. It's going to destroy Paul's witness. And so the thorn is placed there to stop this that should not be on the inside of him from getting in on the inside. And so Paul has the humility and the wisdom at least to say, why is it here? It's here because God wants it there, because God has a purpose to achieve through it in my life. And so here's what Paul does, and I love it. Rather than giving up in despair, here's what Paul does. Paul aligns his life with the purpose of God through the thorn, and he finds a greater measure of God's power in his life, not in spite of it, but because of it. I'm going to say that again, because that was good. Paul does not give up. When God does not answer Paul's prayer, Paul doesn't give up in despair. Instead, he aligns his life with the purpose of God in the thorn and finds a greater level of God's power manifest in his life, not in spite of it, but because of it. Friends, I'm here to tell you, City Church, today that you're sitting here going, why hasn't God answered my prayer? Why is this thorn still in my life? Why has God not removed this? Why has God not healed this? Why has God not done this or dealt with this or taken this away? You're saying, why is he the answer to this prayer? And I'm here to tell you today that the thing you thought was there to destroy you is actually the thing that God wants to use to manifest his power in your life in greater measure. That's good news for someone. You can say amen if you agree with that. God God wants to do something in your life, friends. God wants to use the things in your life to grow you, not to harm you, not to destroy you. And and, and so I I really believe that right now, every one of us has got a thorn of some description. You got something you've been praying, God, deal with this, God, remove this, God, sort this out, God, heal this, God, God, fix this. And and God hasn't done it. You've you've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying, and and God hasn't answered your prayer. Every one of us has got a thorn. Every one of us does. I believe, I've come to understand that people can be thorns. Don't look around when I say that, right? Do not look at the person next to you. Husbands, look dead ahead. It's a word of, word of knowledge for you. Just look, look at dead ahead. Just, it'll do you well. People can be thorns. You're like, God, fix this person. Deal with this person. Remove them from my life. Like, fix, sort this out, Lord. You've been praying and God's not doing anything. Maybe situations that you face in your life can be thorns. Challenges in your world, they can be thorns. You can have different circumstances, physical conditions that you're experiencing. They can be thorns. Those different areas of your life that are difficult, they can be thorns in your life and you're praying for God to remove it and God hasn't. Let Let me just clarify that. The sin in your life is not a thorn. The sin in your life is an action that you're doing. A thorn is something that is there that's not by your action, right? So a thorn, a thorn is there that God's got purpose in it. God does not have purpose in your sin. Your sin you need to deal with, it's not a thorn. Don't get confused on that. Those challenges, those pe- people, situations, they can be thorns. And you're praying, God, remove it, God, remove it, God, remove it, and God hasn't removed it. And, and so you're sitting there with this question saying, why hasn't God answered my prayer? Why hasn't God answered this? Uh, c- can I encourage you? Maybe don't stop asking that question. Don't stop believing God to to change it and to fix it and to do what he does. But can I ask you and encourage you to maybe ask another question as well? Instead of just asking, why hasn't God taken it away? Maybe begin to ask, why has God allowed it to stay? Why has God allowed it to stay? Does God have some degree of purpose in my life because of this? I believe, like Paul, you and I can discover 
that often God wants to manifest his purpose, his plan, and his power in our life through the thorns that we have in us. And here's my observation. I've been now on staff with Elam Christian Center for 15, over 15 years. I've been in ministry for a long time, and I've done journey with people and pastoring for a long time. And here's my observation that I see. I often see that people who are experiencing these kind of situations in their life where they're praying, God, take it away, God, take it away, God, deal with it, and then God doesn't answer their prayer. This is what they do. They push pause on their faith and their life. And they don't go anywhere further forward than where they are because they, they're, they're at that point where they're going, oh, I, can't, I can't go forward until God does this. How can I keep trusting him if he hasn't answered this one? How can I move forward from this if I'm stuck in this place? And they become so focused on the unanswered prayer or the issue in their life that their whole life becomes a life of on pause and they never grow, they never develop, they never like continue on into the fullness of what God has for them. Friends, God doesn't want you to be stagnant. God wants you to take steps with him every single day. The Bible says that God ordains the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. Every day God wants to grow you. Every day God wants to speak to you. Every day God wants to shift stuff in you and change you and make you incredible. And God, God wants to do these things in your life. He, wants, he doesn't want you. If, he does, if the prayer's not answered, don't stop praying. Don't stop serving. Don't stop reading the Word. Don't stop reaching out to people. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop getting involved in the things that are going on in the life of the church just because that one thing has not been answered. But I see it so often. People push pause on their faith and they push pause on their life until God has dealt with that you know I think I in fact think that uh, often the purpose of God is greater achieved sometimes in leaving that thorn with us than it is in removing it from us sometimes the purpose that God has for you is achieved in greater ways by not answering your prayer than it would be if he just answered the prayer that you've been praying I need a, I need a, I need a volunteer where's Daniel Bell because he's amazing and he, like he's like a little little energizer bunny I love this guy, he's amazing. Come on up here, Dan. Dan, I, I'm sorry, bro, but you're my thorn. Yeah. And, and so, so uh, this, like, this is what Paul does. This is what's amazing about what Paul does in this moment. Paul is, in his life, he's identified that he's got this thorn in, in his flesh. And, and so he's frustrated about this. He's annoyed about this. He's upset about this. This is causing a level of discomfort. It's causing some de degree uh, of just uh, uh, confusion. Paul's like, so he's like, I want it gone. I want it gone. I want it gone. He's praying to God. So the thorn's here and he's like, God, take it away. God, take it away. a stubborn thorn. God, take it away. If, if God was going to answer anyone's prayer, I would think it would be the Apostle Paul's. He's the man. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Like he's the man. He wrote most of your New Testament. He, he's, he's the guy who planted so many churches and raised so many leaders and saw miracles everywhere he went. God, take it away. And God doesn't take it away. So this is what Paul does. He goes, well, thorn, it's you and me now, buddy. So even though I don't like you, even though I just don't want you around here, God's obviously got you here for a reason. I've been praying that he would take you away, but listen, we're just gonna have to get along. And in fact, since you're here, I'm actually discovering that God is moving in my life in ways I never dreamt possible. And in fact, God, it's not the fact that you're here that God stopped. It's actually the fact that you're here that God is moving in my life in greater ways. And I thought you were here to destroy me, but in fact, God is using you to bring a greater level of his power and his anointing 
anointing and his goodness into my life. And you know what? I used to really, really boast about me because I used to be the man. But now I realize that he is the man and I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for his glory. Not, not, not without you, but even though you're here, I'm going to do it all. Come on, let's give it up for the thorn. Give it up for the thorn. Friends, problems in our life, they can cause us to press in in ways we've never experienced. Crisis causes us to call on Him in ways we never have. Pain is what pushes us to pursue God in ways that we've never seen before. Can I tell you, there's purpose in the thorn. There's purpose in the thorn. And why hasn't God answered your prayer? Maybe He's got purpose in that thorn. Maybe He's got purpose in that thorn. And so can I encourage you to begin framing a new question? Not why hasn't God taken it away, but maybe why has God allowed it to stay? And try and dig and find the wisdom and the insight to say, God, what are you trying to achieve in me and through me? Not in spite of this, but because of this. And perhaps like Paul, you'll start to see a greater level of God's power manifest in you. Not in spite of it, but because of that thorn. What purpose could a thorn have? I just want to throw out a few quick thoughts to you this morning. Uh, The purpose of a thorn, I I think, and these I'm speaking just from experience and things that I've seen. First first thought I have is this, thorns can bring alignment. Thorns can bring alignment. Often you can be living a certain way and you're actually living in a way that is not appropriate for the season that you're currently in. And so you can experience a thorn and that's just God trying to say, hey, it's time to align your life with what I'm trying to do in you right now with the season that you're in. It's like trying to reach into a thorn bush and going, ow, ow, ow. Maybe it's time to try a new angle. Maybe it's time to try a different way. Align your life in a different way to achieve what God is calling you to achieve. Uh, A a very good friend of mine was uh, just over the last few years experiencing just chronic health issues that were just not going away and it was super frustrating and praying all the time, God, take it away, God, take it away, God, take it away. And you know what, after reading the Word of God and reading this, the, what Paul was saying here, I really just was so challenged about how Paul approached the thorn in his life that I began asking the same question for this friend of mine. And uh, I really felt like God was saying that this is about aligning to the season that you're in. You're trying to live a million miles an hour when God is actually positioning you for a season of rest. And so you need to change the way you live in so that you can align your life with what God has for you. Do you know that we had this conversation and they began to live very different and just create a bit of margin and space and begin to live in a season of rest. Do you know what happened? Within a, se- a, a, a like literally a couple of months the symptoms of that chronic illness just started to decrease and decrease and decrease uh, to a place now where it's the best it's been for years and it was all just about alignment to the life that God is calling you into in that season the other area that God that a thorn can uh, be used to, to to correct and to change is around your character Maybe the thorn in your life is about God wanting to identify an area of your character that he wants to, uh, to, to shape or to change. Can, can I tell you, you might have a thorn and it's uncomfortable, but God is more in, interested in your character than he is your comfort. And so you're saying, God, take it away. No, and he's, like, we want God to remove stuff from us. We want, God, we want God to shift things from us and God wants to shift stuff in us. And so God is more interested in your character than your comfort. God's not here just to make you happy. He's here to make you holy. He's not just interested in your comfort, your less comfortable life. No, no, he wants you to be godly. He wants you to live for him. And, and, and so God sometimes will allow these thorns to come in your life so that you can actually shape and shift the character issues that are in your life. And, and thorns deal with pride like Paul experienced. 
Thorns can deal with wrong motives. Thorns can de- like point out sin in your life. Maybe the, the, the reason there's a thorn there is because you are living in a way that is not in line with God's best for your life. And maybe there's sin in your life and God's going to go, hey, listen, this is here to get your attention so that you can actually deal with and stop living the way that you've been living and deal with some of that stuff in your life. Um, the, another area that, that a thorn can bring is the area of growth. The purpose of a thorn can bring growth in your life. Here's what I've come to know is the people in my life that I've considered thorns are the ones that have caused me to grow like never before. You know those people like, oh man, they drive me mad. Like, oh man. Like there's God deal with them. God deal with them. They're like a thorn in your life. You know what? I've grown more from those people in my walk with God. I've dug more into God. I've grown more in my leadership. I've grown more in who I am and my character as a person than anyone else that, I would ha- you know, that I love to hang out with. These people that we consider can, the problems can often be the ones that God wants to cause us to grow into uh, like, like nothing else. Maybe if the band can join me, that would be amazing. Another area that a purpose that a thorn could have is to bring strength. You know, this is exactly what Paul discovered in the midst of his journey, was that, in fact, the thorn in his flesh was the very thing that God used to manifest his power and his strength in Paul like never before. Paul says, man, in my weakness, God's strength is made perfect. See, when we think we're really, really strong, and we think we're really, really amazing, and we've got this all together, we are living in our own strength and our own power and our own might, and God might be in there 10%, right? But when you realize that you are incredibly weak, and thorns have a great way of doing that, when you realize you're weak and you can't do it, that's when you shift from a me dependence to a God dependence, and can I tell you, there is no greater place of strength in your life than to shift to total dependence on the good of God and who He is, and then you start to tap into not just your resources, but the full resources of heaven become yours because His strength now can be made perfect in you because you realize it's not about you. And when you realize it's not about you and you can't do it and you can't hold it all together and you surrender totally to God, that's when His power can come in. And that's where His power is made perfect. It's made perfect in weakness. Because when we're weak, we give up all control and we give up our own power and we give up our own might and we give up our own wisdom and we say, God, it's you or nothing. And God shows up and His strength is made perfect. And that's what Paul discovered. That's why he says, I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses now. Because I used to really try and strive and I used to boast about how awesome I was. But now I'm going to boast about how weak I am because I know the weaker I am, the more, more power and strength I have from heaven. And the more I can live this life and the more joy I find, the more abundance I find, not because I'm good, but because He's good. Not because I'm strong, but because He's strong. And in His weakness, He finds the perfected power of God in His life. Man, I want that. Thorns, unanswered prayers, unanswered questions. I, I don't know what you're facing today, friends. I know in a room like this, and we were praying for people before, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I do know in a room full of people like this that there's going to be a whole lot of stuff. There's going to be a whole lot of prayers you've been praying, a whole lot of things that you're wrestling with, things that remain unanswered. And I'm not telling you to stop praying for God to heal you. I'm not saying stop praying for God to break through in your life. I'm not saying any of that. 
But what I am saying is in the midst of an unanswered prayer, maybe begin to frame another question as well. Not just why hasn't God answered this, but maybe why has God allowed it to stay? Why has God not answered it? Because maybe in that moment, you'll discover that God has purpose for you in the thought. And if you can align your life to His purpose there, then you'll discover a greater level of His power manifest in your life. And in fact, you'll walk forward with greater purpose. Don't push pause, because maybe God's got more purpose for you in the unanswered prayer than He does in the answered one. And you'll discover God still working and outworking in your life in ways you never dreamed possible. There's this really... um amazing moment that happens um, it's cool that we so good we took communion today and uh, there's this great thing that happens when when Jesus the Son of God you know we, we believe and if you're here and you're new today we believe that God so loved this world we sang it that he gave his only son for us that our, our sin it separated us from God and God when he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross he, he took upon himself what you and I would do for our sin and he, he died for you, He died for me, and then He conquered death in the grave. And He extends to all of us His free gift of grace, forgiveness for your sin, new life that begins right now, hope for your future, and eternity with Him in heaven. It's this amazing, amazing promise. And, and, he, and he, he gives you new life that begins right now. Like He, he can take your old life and he can, throw it, he, he can make it all brand new. Like It's amazing. I discovered that life when I was 18 years old. And uh, there's this interesting thing that happens um, when Jesus is going to the cross. See, f right from the like earliest days, uh, thorns have always been seen as like as an inconvenience or like an annoyance. But the very first mention of thorns in the Bible is actually as a result of the first sin that entered this world. Adam and Eve sinned, and as a result, this curse entered the world. This curse of sin and death enters the world and, and then the ground begins to produce thorns and as Jesus is going to the cross it's, it's interesting to me that the Roman soldiers they, they wove together a crown to put on his head and that crown was a crown of thorns and although this was a mocking gesture although this was like them going hey this is the king of the Jews like we're going to mock him we're going to ridicule him we're going to put this crown of thorns on his head they had no idea what they were doing because the beauty and the power and the prophetic nature of what they were doing when they placed that crown of thorns on His head was totally symbolic for what Jesus was doing on that cross. Because when He died on that cross, He paid it all for the debt and the weight of the curse of sin and death on this world. And as they placed it on His head, they thought they were mocking Him, but they were actually showing what He was totally doing to redeem and restore the brokenness and fallen nature of this world and bring it back to God. So what they thought was mocking was actually doing exactly what He needed to wear as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, dying to redeem and restore this world. I think that's amazing. And uh, I would love to pray for you here this morning, church. Maybe if you could stand to your feet with me. I'd love to pray for you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on in your world, but I do know this, that God loves you. I know that He's good. 
And I know that no matter what you're facing, He's with you and He's got purpose for you right where you are. Right where you are. And I'd love to pray just for a, a couple of groups of people. Firstly, I want to pray for you. If right now you're in the midst of an unanswered prayer and it's like you, you're living with a thorn in your life, you're praying, God, remove it, God, remove it, God, remove it. I, I'm going to pray and ask God to show you maybe that He has purpose for you in it and what that purpose is so that you can walk forward with a greater measure of purpose, destiny, and power in your life. Not in spite of that thing, but because of it. Maybe if every eye is closed across this room, every head bowed, just out of respect for each other. If, if, that, if that's you, 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 you've got an unanswered prayer, can, I, can you just lift your hand right now? I want to pray for you. I just want to include you in this room. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you. I just lift your hand up. Yeah, just so I know who I'm praying for. Just keep your hands up for God. Just receive from God right now. Lord, I thank you for every person that has maybe got a thorn in their life right now. I bless them in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, help them to see the purpose you have in their life, not in spite of this thing, but because of it. Maybe, Lord, help us to know why you have allowed it to stay, why you haven't answered that prayer, and help us to walk forward with certainty and with purpose into what you have for us. I bless each one. I pray, show them now, Holy Spirit, what it is you're trying to achieve and do in them and through them, even with this unanswered prayer in their life. You guys can put your hands down. I want to pray one last prayer this morning. Just while every eye is still closed and head bowed, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Him, or maybe today you're here and you've been in church for a long time, but you've never really surrendered your life to Him. You've tried to do this all in your own strength, but today it's your day to really surrender your life to Him, either for the very first time or maybe you're coming back to God today. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer and I invite you right now, if that's you, you know it's you because your heart's beating, your palms are sweaty, you're going, man, this is, this is my day. I'm going to pray this prayer and I invite you to pray it with me just in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud, just pray it in your heart, but mean it with everything you've got. Just say this, say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you to come in, be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, can, can I ask you to do something really, really brave? If you're here and you did pray that prayer, either for the very first time or maybe today you're coming back to God, can you be really brave? I'm gonna to count to three. And on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up nice and high. I'm not wanting to embarrass you. I'm not wanting to call you out. I'm not going to bring you forward. But I do want you to take a step of faith today because this is your day. And God is moving in your life. Are you ready? When I count to three, hands up nice and high. Ready? One, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Say, yes, Steve, that's me. Yes, God bless you right down the back. Yes, over there too. I see you, my man. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. I pray that. I meant it. I want to get my life right with Jesus today. Either for the very first time or maybe you're coming back to God today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down now. God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. We thank you for each of those who've responded to your call. And Lord, I bless them now in Jesus' name. May they know the full, free, and abundant life that comes from Jesus. And we rejoice this morning with all heaven as lost loved ones have come back to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place this morning. Tearing through the veil of darkness. 
breaking every chain you set us free fighting for the furthest heart you gave your life for all to see tearing through the veil of darkness breaking every chain you set us free fighting for the furthest heart you gave your life love is relentless Visitors, we'd love to see you at the um, table designated for you right outside the doors here. We'd love to shout you a coffee. And remember, Father's Day next week, so we're looking forward to having you all here. Again, it's going to be a great Sunday. And uh, please be praying for Mike and Bob and Maggie and the team as they head back from Vietnam tomorrow or late tonight. And uh, have a great week. Awesome.